You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at a couple different things from training camp day 16 for the New Orleans Saints. They get ready to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. But most importantly, I want to talk to you about Jamal Adams' new contract and what it could possibly mean for Marcus Williams and his new contract negotiations next year. Then we're going to get to an updated 53-man roster. No overreactions this time, taking a look at it with a level head, but updating our 53-man roster projections following preseason game week one and ahead of preseason game two. We'll go offense, then defense and special teams to wrap up the show all on today's episode. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over the National Lockdown NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, day 16 of New Orleans Saints training camp right up ahead of the preseason week two matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday. I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the highlights of the day. Of course, we'll always start with the quarterback conversation and 16th verse, same as the first. These two quarterbacks still not finding a way to distance themselves somehow or another. It's remarkable how competitive this uh, th- this situation seems to be when it comes to the quarterbacks. So we'll say them as well as Ian Book. All three of these quarterbacks threw interceptions on Wednesday. They also had some nice plays on Wednesday, although you did see three straight overthrows reportedly by Jameis Winston. So consistency still remains a problem there, but you also see some also see some consistency issues with Taysom Hill as well. So it's all going to be really interesting. And of course, you have to look at the mobility of Taysom Hill. How is that going to come into play? Is that going to come into play? Will we see that against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday, or excuse me, on Monday? And will we see Jamison's big arm attacking downfield some more on Monday as well? So you have to imagine that if Sean Payton, who said that he wants to see at least two preseason games with these guys before making any type of a decision, if there's going to be the time to figure out when to display all the things that make either of these guys special, it might be against that Jacksonville Jaguars team on Monday night. So certainly some fireworks on the way there. So that's what we've got on the quarterbacks. Each of these quarterbacks throwing touchdowns, each of these quarterbacks throwing interceptions. And, you know, this continues to remain tight. So we'll see what happens on Monday. I, I just, I really like the idea of continuing to get these guys both out there in front of the entire nation when everybody can see what's happening and seeing what they can do, put together and show in that environment. I also want to talk about some early morning, Wednesday morning transactions that you might have missed. We already know that the New Orleans Saints brought in Kevin White that ended up filling a roster spot that was vacated by Kivari Russell, who was moved to COVID IR. We also saw the Saints bring back cornerback Natrell Jamerson, who they drafted just a few years ago. So he is now returning to the team. Brian Mills, an undrafted free agent rookie this year, coming out of North Carolina Central HBCU. Shout out to the HBCU fam. Uh, He's coming through. He'll be joining Tron Armstead, also former HBCU alum at Arkansas Pine Bluff. And then they also signed offensive lineman Caleb Beninock as well. No big surprise there because you look at that, that's a wide receiver, two cornerbacks and an offensive lineman. The New Orleans Saints on Wednesday morning also moving on from a wide receiver, two cornerbacks and one offensive lineman. The wide receiver being Jake Lantman, one of the cornerbacks, Lawrence Woods, both of them were waived. 
Offensive tackle Michael Brown was waived with an injury designation, and cornerback Adonis, Adonis Alexander, six foot three, big corner that came in out of the supplemental draft out of Virginia years ago, also waived with an injury designation. So the New Orleans Saints literally just swapping out positions and getting a look at some more players there. Brian Mills is somebody that I'll have a keen eye on. Obviously, I'm a big fan of his as an HBCU player, but we also got to see him at the Senior Bowl. It was a bit of a standout, but is he going to be able to translate that to the next level? Special teams is really going to be the course for him. Six foot one, but he's under 180 pounds. So he meets the height sort of prototype that you would expect for the New Orleans Saints, but a little bit light. So we'll see exactly what he's able to pull off in an opportunity to be able to show out on special teams. Speaking of guys showing out, though, after joining the team, I want to talk a little bit about Kevin White. Kevin White, I got a lot of text messages from folks that were at uh, practice today mentioning that Kevin White looks the part. Now, again, I'm going to continue to pump the brakes on the expectations around Kevin White, the injuries, things like that, especially having back injuries, as well as uh, knee injuries, things like that. For those of you that have been around the show for a while, you know how skittish I get around back injuries and neck injuries. I don't mess with them. So there's just something I've always been really cautious about, but caught a touchdown from Ian Book in practice on Wednesday. Hopefully he'll get an opportunity to be out there on Monday and show what he can do under the lights as well. If there's going to be an offense that he's going to be able to thrive in as a six foot three, 200 plus pound receiver, it's going to be Sean Payton's because he fits the mold. Now, is he going to be able to unleash some upside after so long struggling to meet his draft position in the NFL? Of course, it's always hard when you're a top 10 selection. So we'll see. Do I think he's going to get to that level of production? I don't expect that, but I would love to be surprised here. Another wide receiver standing out in Wednesday's camp, Traquan Smith, made it back. He's finally back around. He was gone for a while with some health things, but now he is back in practice and he had a very nice day on Wednesday. So very glad to see that. Excited to see him out back out on the field as well. Turning the page over to the defensive side, we saw Marcus Davenport not present for this camp, but by all intents and purposes, in terms of what we've heard so far, it is not much to be concerned about. So we'll be okay here for just this moment, but we will continue to track that story, of course. Uh, Grant Haley, after missing some time with some family matters early on in the uh, training camp period, has made his return as well as of late and has stood out quite a bit, making some plays in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens and 11-on-11 full team drills. So somebody to keep an eye out on, especially with a thinning cornerback position. You might be hearing his name a little bit later when we get to the cornerback position on our updated 53-man roster. Marcus Williams is another defensive back who ended up making his return here recently and has had a nice camp since coming back. He had an interception off of, I believe it was, um, yeah, it, he had an, his interception off of Taysom Hill. Brian Poole had an interception off of Jameis Winston on Wednesday. So you love to see Marcus Williams coming back and getting a deep ball interception, just like we saw. Uh, I, I think you can compare it a little bit, at least, to Bryce Thompson's interception on Trace McSorley from a couple of days ago during the Ravens game. And one defensive player to watch who is sort of climbing down the depth chart a little bit is Shy Tuttle. We've seen him already when we looked at the unofficial depth chart ahead of week one of the preseason. We saw him third in line at his defensive tackle position, and now we're seeing him take snaps with that second and third team, not really getting any snaps with the first team at the moment. So definitely a developing story to watch. Before we move on to our projected 53-man roster, I want to very quickly talk about Marcus Williams once more, but I want to talk about another safety from across the NFC who signed a deal that immediately impacts the New Orleans Saints and Marcus Williams and their ability to negotiate a contract after this 2021 season. Jamal Adams, the safety of the Seattle Seahawks, signed a four-year deal or four-year extension with new money worth up to $72 million, the floor of that being $70 million. 
So in terms of average money per year, you're looking at either 17.5 or $18 million per year. That is a far venture from what was originally the highest paid safety contract in the NFL, which was Justin Simmons with the Denver Broncos at $15.25 million. What does this mean for the New Orleans Saints and Marcus Williams? It means that Marcus Williams' ceiling just became his floor when it comes to a new contract. Before this Jamal Adams deal, the Justin Simmons money, $15.25 million, was effectively the ceiling. You can get maybe a little bit above that, make him the highest paid safety. You can go a little bit below that, make him the second highest paid safety. But now you got to get above that because you're always going to come in under Jamal Adams there. Jamal Adams and Marcus Williams play, play a bit of a different safety role. For instance, Jamal Adams has two, uh, two interceptions in his entire career. However, he had nine and a half sacks last season. The guy does everything over on that defense. So I don't think you're going to get Marcus Williams up to that money, 17 and a half, $18 million when it comes to the average per year, which isn't literally how much they get paid per year, but just the total contract average. But I do think that now the Justin Simmons deal becomes the new floor for Marcus Williams when it was previously the ceiling, you might have to go a little bit above. Also keep in mind though, that this raises the top five average money being spent at that position, which affects the Saints if they were to decide to franchise tag him for a second year in a row, which would be highly unlikely in my opinion. I also thought that the first franchise tag was highly unlikely and they did that anyway. So take that with you, take that with what you will. But also remember, the Saints might be in a little bit of a rush here to try to get a contract done with Marcus Williams before Minka Fitzpatrick gets his contract done over with Pittsburgh. At least I assume he'll sign with Pittsburgh because then you could see that money get even higher and those pockets get even smaller for one Marcus Williams. So expect there to be a big time storyline and a big time story to follow when it comes to Marcus Williams potentially resigning with the New Orleans Saints. So I won't be surprised to see him explore the market first after this 2021 season. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to get into our 53-man roster projection, updating the 53-man roster projection ahead of preseason week two, wrapped up preseason week one, got a couple more practices under our belt. Now let's take a look at what's going on with these New Orleans Saints. We'll go offense next, then we'll jump to defense and special teams to wrap up the show. And while we're talking about that safety market, let me talk to you a little bit about the car parts market and where you need to go to make sure that you're not spending $18 million per year. And instead, maybe I can save you some of that money instead. I can't save you $18 million per year, but certainly I can save you up to 30, 50, sometimes 70% on the part that you're looking for. The same part that you can get around the corner at the chain store, but at a much cheaper price. We're not talking about cheap parts here. We're just talking about cheap prices for the same parts that you can get at those other stores where they're going to upcharge you because you're a do-it-yourselfer as opposed to a wholesale professional. Over at rockauto.com, there's no such division. Whether you're a do-it-yourself or a professional, you pay the same price. They're a family business that have been helping auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go and check them out at rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you right and Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Want to go ahead and jump into our updated 53-man roster. So I went ahead and had some fun earlier on in the week getting into some overreactions and things like that. But let's go ahead and take a more tempered approach at the actual look at our 53-man roster ahead of the second preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then, of course, we will update that again next week ahead of the third and final preseason game as the Saints will host the Arizona Cardinals the following weekend. 
All right, so at quarterback, I've got Jameis slash Taysom, Taysom slash Jameis, however you want to put it, and Ian Book. That's still easy. No big changes there. So those are your three quarterbacks for the New Orleans Saints. No big surprise. Over at the running back position, Alvin Kamara will, of course, be your top running back, Latavius Murray. Then I swapped out Devontae Freeman, put in Tony Jones Jr. Then we still have Dwayne Washington and Alex Arma, of course, at the fullback position. The reason why I put Tony Jones Jr. in there right now is because right now he's, to me, got a leg up over Devontae Freeman. Yes, they both fumbled. And because of that, Sean Payton is going to sort of erase all the good things that Tony Jones Jr. did, and understandably so, because if you turn the ball over, none of that stuff matters. However, he actually had some good to take away. Devontae Freeman had six carries for six yards and a fumble. Did not look great. Now, both of them are able to also catch the ball out of the backfield, but you saw that from Tony Jones Jr. In addition to his pass blocking, in addition to his special teams play, I think that he has a really, really good shot to make the roster this year. But remember, I also thought he had a really good shot to make the roster last year, and he ended up on the practice squad. So, you know, we'll see exactly how that all actually plays out. All right, over to the wide receiver position. I had them keeping seven. I now have them keeping five. And of course, at the top of that list is one Marquez Callaway. Then you've got Trey Quan Smith, Deontay Harris. I'll circle back to him in a moment. Ty Montgomery and Kawan Baker. Of course, Michael Thomas is going to be uh, out for the first few games of the season as he continues to recover from his ankle injury and ankle surgery. As for Deontay Harris, he did have the DUI arrest over the course of the offseason. We expect that he will probably face some league discipline for that, likely in the form of a suspension. If he doesn't make the roster, I will assume that it will be Tommy Lee Lewis who ends up making and getting that spot. Now, it could be Kevin White. It could be somebody else that ends up getting in there. It could be Chris Hogan. But my expectation would be that they would end up going for somebody that can also be a bit of a returner for you so that Marcus Callaway doesn't have to be that. It can still be that sort of fast, small option on your offense, which Tommy Lee Lewis can fill that role. There is also still the opportunity of a potential reunion at some point with Jalen McCleskey as well, which I would, of course, love to see, but we'll see how that all goes. New Orleans Saints have also been bringing in some former wide receivers over the course of the last couple of weeks. They saw Malachi Dupree as well as Benny Fowler. Maybe one of those guys is able to eventually make a return to this roster as well. All right, next, we're going to take a look at the tight end position. No change here. Adam Troutman, Nick Vanette, and Juwan Johnson. I think technically you can probably start to put Juwan Johnson up above Nick Vanette because you might see him take more snaps because he can be there as a blocker, but also somebody who would have a heavy role in the passing game as well. But for right now, I'm just going to keep him down as the third tight end, but I definitely have him make the roster at this point. He has been a very pleasant surprise. Please go and check out Nick Underhill's piece on uh, Jawan Johnson becoming a weapon for the New Orleans Saints over at neworleans.football. It's a fantastic read. All right, let's go to the offensive line as we wrap up this segment before we circle back around and take a look at defense and special teams. So your top five starters, you're going to have a total of nine offensive linemen here. So the extra pieces that I took, the extra roster spaces that I took from the uh, wide receiver spot, I added over to offensive line, as well as another position that we'll talk about on the next segment. But I went ahead and added an additional offensive lineman here. So let's look at the starting five, which of course are Teron Armstead at left tackle, Andrus Pete at left guard, Eric McCoy at center, Cesar Ruiz at right guard, and then Ryan Ramchek at right tackle. No big surprises there. Cesar Ruiz did get in a little bit of a scuffle on Wednesday's practice. So you're seeing the fire come from Cesar Ruiz. And of course, he looks like he has settled in big time with the New Orleans Saints at his uh, full-time position now of right guard. Imagine what happens when you actually have time to develop in the position that you're playing. Now let's take a look at the depth though. So those were our starting five. Now we've got four 
on the back end there, right behind them, starting with James Hurst, which is clear and obvious to me. Will Clapp, who's just very familiar with the system. Also keep an eye out for Derek Kelly at that spot. Landon Young, the rookie out of Kentucky from this year. And then I threw J.R. Sweezy on there just because you get another veteran player, put him kind of in the same Nick Easton role to where you can use him as a depth piece just about anywhere on the offensive line. So there's some really good value there with a guy like J.R. Sweezy to where you didn't pay a lot of money for him, but he ends up serving several different roles. Think about him as a P.J. Williams on a vet minimum contract that's not actually counting against your salary cap right now because it's not expensive enough to hit over the top 51 cutoff. So it's a pretty good situation for the New Orleans Saints there. All right, family, coming up next, we're going to jump over to the defensive side. How many cornerbacks, how many defensive backs are kept, and what does the linebacker room look like, as well as uh, some questions that we're going to answer on the defensive line as well, and what the heck is going on at kicker. We'll talk about all that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Before we get to all of that, I want to let you know that it is that time of year again. Football season is right around the corner, so it's time to start getting in on all of that action and all of that fun. And as always, betonline.ag is the best and easiest place to place all of your bets this football season. And there are a couple of big things that I want to tell you about that are going on. So first of all, you can get updated odds, props, and contests, of course, all throughout, including a half million dollar NFL mega contest that's going on and the $200,000 NFL survivor contest that are open right now over at Bet Online. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to go and sign up for a free account today and get a, get ready for this, 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go and get signed up today. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo as well. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you end up, if you lose the wager, you still get refunded up to $25. So you go ahead and mitigate a little bit of risk by getting in on the action early. So it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing, reality TV show, stuff outside of sports as well. It's our good friends over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up our 53-man roster projection. Going to take a look at the defense as well as special teams. Got a couple of changes here over on the defensive side. Not as big as what we saw over on the offensive side. Let's go ahead and start where there is a little bit of a shift in the starting lineup in terms of my prediction here. We'll go to the defensive line to get started on the defense. We've got Cam Jordan, Malcolm Roach, Jalen Dalton, and Marcus Davenport. Now, originally I had Shy Tuttle in the starting lineup here next to Malcolm Roach. But Jalen Dalton has had a very quick and consistent uh, ascent, if you will, throughout the offseason program so far. Meanwhile, Shai Tuttle's gone the opposite way. Like I mentioned, not getting a lot of first team snaps, a lot of second and third team reps, which could just be about, you know, getting him additional reps in terms of the number of reps that he can get, like what we saw at Devontae Freeman to begin when he first arrived in New Orleans. But I don't know that you have to do that with Shai Tuttle when you've already had so much time with him. So there seems to be something going on with Shai Tuttle sliding down the board a little bit, and that's going to open up an opportunity potentially for a starting role for a guy like Jalen Dalton, who the New Orleans Saints absolutely love. Now let's take a look over on the depth side here. So we had the four to start. We've got five in depth, so a total of nine defensive linemen. Let's take a look at the backups here. So this goes to Carl Granderson, then rookie first round draft pick Peyton Turner, 
Here's where Shy Tuttle comes in, Christian Ringo. And then I still have Tono Passanio here, though there's a potential for this to maybe be a JT McIntosh, for instance, or a couple of other players that could get into the mix. But I think that's pretty solid depth. This defensive line should actually be in a pretty good place going into 2021, assuming all health is there. You know, we continue to kind of be a little bit concerned around Peyton Turner, what's going on there, and if he's going to be able to be, you know, sustainable and everything. He did have some injury issues early on in his career, not so much later in his collegiate career, or not as concerning later in his collegiate career. So, you know, you do get a little bit worried there. And of course, as we mentioned, Marcus Davenport was not present as practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he's there on Thursday. All right, let's go to the second level here. Take a step back, go to the defense. We know this unit is led by the one, the only Demario Davis. Then right behind him, I've still got Quan Alexander in that second spot. We'll come back to that. Uh, Zach Bond, Pete Werner, Pete Werner, Zach Bond, whatever order you want to put them in. I think I just happen to have them in Pete Werner, Zach Bond, but I think Zach is probably above on a depth chart. And then you've got Caden Ellis and Chase Hansen. Now, Chase Hansen is a new name on this list. I ended up putting him here because I think that he can end up filling a little bit more of a Mike linebacker role. They don't actually have that depth. If that were to be Andrew Dowell, who's a little bit more of a will linebacker, really and, and truly. So I think that you want that Mike linebacker, true Mike linebacker depth behind Demario Davis. And that's why I think Chase Hansen ends up getting the opportunity here. If Quan Alexander is healthy and ready to go at the beginning of the season, regardless, I think he'll be on the roster. But if he, you know, unless there's a reason to start him off on injured reserve or anything like that, which would be tough for them to do. But, you know, anyway, uh, they would because they'd have to waive him and then he'd have to clear waivers and then they could add an injured reserve. And there's just no guarantee that that's going to happen. And so, you know, I think that if he's healthy and he gets started at the top of the season, then he is your will linebacker next to Demario Davis, get all the energy back in the Superdome and ready to go between those two. But if he's not healthy and not ready yet, then I think Zach Bond is your go-to with Pete Werner having missed so much time over the course of camp as well. All right, let's take another step back, go to the secondary. Let's start with the starters here. We're going to see a total of five cornerbacks, then we'll go to five safeties. So we get an additional safety position or, or safety player involved at the position thanks to the second wide receiver that I cut from the original seven to only keep five this time around. So let's go to uh, to cornerback here to start. Excuse me. We'll start with Marshawn Lattimore, who is your clear and obvious starter. We'll see what happens. There's a potential that he could end up suspended to open the season. We'll talk about that. CJ Gardner-Johnson, I'm still considering him a corner because he plays nickel. Ken Crawley, Paul Sinadibo, the rookie out of Stanford, and then Grant Haley is the new name here. You could also put Brian Poole here. I could make an argument for Brian Poole, and I'd happily make an argument in favor of Brian Poole because he gives you a slot cornerback, a proven slot cornerback. In fact, I'm starting to change my own mind here. Gives you a proven slot cornerback behind CJ Gardner-Johnson because you no longer have that now that Patrick Robinson has retired. So even if Patrick Robinson were to end up starting on the outside, it was good to keep Brian Poole because then you didn't have to move Patrick Robinson back to the inside. But then if Patrick Robinson wasn't starting on the outside, then he was your depth on the inside. And now you don't have that depth on the inside. So I think I might've just taught myself out of Grant Haley a little bit. Sorry, Haley Hive. But you know what? Haley Hive, he could play in the slot too. So maybe it's a battle between Grant Haley and Brian Poole for the primary backup slot guy behind CD Deuce. That would be a battle that I would be very intrigued in uh, continuing to watch and I think could benefit both of those players. The rest of the names on this list, of course, should be absolutely no surprise. Will it be Paul Sinadibo or Ken Crawley to take that spot opposite Marshawn Lattimore, however? And then, of course, if Marshawn Lattimore is suspended to open the season, then you have to find another body and potentially go out and find another player at this position. Maybe there's a spot where Brian Mills makes it as a special teamer, so on and so forth. All right, and then we'll look to wrap up the defense here with safeties. This unit, of course, led by the tandem of Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins. 
right behind them. PJ Williams, who can also play in the slot for you and play at corner for you. You've got JT Gray and then Bryce Thompson. Bryce Thompson has mostly been playing for you as a safety so far, but he got some reps at corner over the last couple of days of camp. So you're seeing his versatility again that allows him to challenge a guy like PJ Williams for a roster spot potentially, or at least show that same type of usability, versatility, and fluidity, which could help him make the roster just like it has helped to keep PJ Williams around quite a bit. JT Gray, of course, makes this as your core special teamer and very likely your special teams captain in 2021. And speaking of special teams captains in 2021, let's talk about special teams where we need to take a look at kicker, punter, and long snapper. So let's go ahead and take a look at this list right here because the answer at kicker right now is nothing. A bunch of question marks. We don't have any clarity there at this moment. There is an open roster spot by my calculation at this time. So maybe Thursday or Friday, you end up seeing the uh, you know, some kicker that gets brought in to, you know, help out on Monday up against Jacksonville. But the entire list right now, kicker, question mark, question mark, question mark. What row what are we going to do, Raggy? Then you get to punter with Balake Gillikin. And then, of course, you have long snapper Zach Wood. Balake and Zach, absolutely big time locks for this team. So, all right, family, that is our 53-man roster update ahead of the Jaguars game on Monday. Coming up tomorrow, I want to get your questions. So if you've got anything that you want me to talk about, if you're watching on YouTube, drop them in the comments. If you are a part of the Locked on Saints Facebook group, I'll have a post up over there so you can get your questions in. And of course, you can always send me questions as well on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A, so I can get your questions in for Friday because we essentially have an extra preview episode. So I can take a look at players that, you know, to watch and, and all of that stuff on Monday, well, on Monday's episode in preparation for the Monday evening game. No need to rush into that right now, especially when you can expect some uh, potential transactions over the course of this weekend leading into that game. So we'll revisit that on Monday, but tomorrow it's all about your questions and the biggest news around the New Orleans Saints. So don't forget to come through. Let me know what questions you have so I can get them answered here on the show. I appreciate y'all as always for all the love and support. Now that you're done here, go and make yourself some money, not only at betonline.ag, but by listening first to the Locked on Bets podcast, get everything that you need to know about how to, uh, let's say, swirl up them pocketbooks a little bit going into the weekend. I appreciate y'all as always. And for everything in between now and the next show, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson and OLA. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.